well I'm having to re-record this I've just I've just done it and I played it back and with a combination of the utter drivel I was talking I mean I know I talk drivel every week but it was utter drivel quoting things I just shouldn't have been quoting and the sound quality uh, it was just dreadful so I'm having to do the whole thing all over again welcome to episode 44 actually at this rate we're going to hit 50 which will be my silver anniversary of Mr Burt Pods So yes, so um, today, it's very funny light outside today, it's that weird sort of slightly radioactive glow about the cloud light reflection and it's just a bit strange and unsettling and I'm cold, I've got three jumpers on. It was quite nice when I went out this morning, went out for a run in a t-shirt and shorts, that's a lie. I had two pairs of shorts on and three t-shirts, but, or two t-shirts and one long sleeve, but I was too hot. So I think things are getting warmer, but ne'er cast a clout before May is out. As they say in the part of the country where I come from, never quite sure whether it means May the month or the Mayflower. I think it might mean the Mayflower. Either way, the Mayflower is not finished yet, and it certainly isn't May. So I'm not getting overexcited just because it seems to be getting a little bit warmer. Um, blind watch, we've got upstairs now over the road they've got full length blinds now they've got full length venetian horizontal venetian blinds which is quite exciting so they seem to be permanently down and then downstairs they've just still got that blind that they never use so i don't know why they're bothered um they haven't been annoying me much i haven't seen much of them actually which is a pity just fill in the time but anyway we've had the builders come and go uh, at the end of the road so that was another reason i had to stop didn't like the broadcast because there was lots of noise. They've now taken off the whole roof of the house, much to my astonishment. They've taken off all the tiles, and they seem to have taken most of the structure underneath the tiles with it and put some sort of girder things in. I think the people who live there have moved out, presumably temporarily. Um, but honestly, I never see anyone doing anything. Uh, they were wandering around a bit earlier on, chatting and holding some bits of wood. Uh, it's really weird, and then you sort of, and then they went about, I think they went about two o'clock, so they're probably doing about six other jobs. Can you imagine living like that? Can you, I just can't imagine bouncing around from incomplete job to incomplete job and just trying to get it all done. I understand why they have to do it. But, um, yeah, so that's, uh, and they're not being as noisy as they could be, so that's all fine. Winter watch. Uh, I cleaned up the windowsill, put some fresh seeds out, and they've not been touched and not a single seed's been touched in my bird seed feeder either that I made with my own fair hands. Uh, you can just tell, they did, no, not one bird has been on that bird feeder since I stuck it on the window. <sighs> and um, the fat block is, I'm not sure whether anyone's eating the fat block or not. I was reading a woman with push chair coming along who looks as if she shouldn't be in charge of a push chair she seems to know what she's doing glad i'm not that child i'd be seasick um uh, yeah i don't know what's going on with the flat block, flat block but i did read that robins are very very territorial and extremely nasty and do attack each other and and can actually kill each other so that explains that flurry over the road that i thought was a dying bird <clears throat> 
they aren't these sort of super someone else going past you see that's always a good idea is cross the road while you're texting on your phone i think it's a really good idea because the chance of you being knocked over uh, it really raises those that chance it's a good idea um yeah well i can't remember what i was saying yeah anyway these sweet little robins are nasty vicious creatures it so seems it seems so so um yeah so i did my run i had a rather odd run i've done this before i've miscounted and i've done i've been one run in my head behind where i actually am so i do nine and a half circuits which is 5k and i thought i was running around for my ninth and a half time nine and a half time and uh i was uh, i'd already completed it so i thought i had it no 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 that's right i was actually on my nine and a half time but i thought i was on my eighth and a half time and i just happened to look at my app and realized i'd finished but psychologically i could have easily done another lap which is bizarre it's not bizarre at all but it's just completely psychological whereas if i'd known i was on the last lap i'd have just been ready to collapse in a heap as i usually do at the end of it yeah talking collapsing in heaps drama um yeah, drama that, that's a freudian slip um yoga was a bit stressful because she she did this really weird well it started with her saying um that the aim was going to be a twisted triangle now the word triangle and twisted are bad enough on their own in yoga because uh, i hate triangle and i well i hate it because i can't do it and i hate twists uh so she's putting the two things together so i was just dreading that starting and when we got to it it was an absolute nightmare and um, i gave up a couple of points because i just couldn't do it and um then she got into this thing that she didn't describe properly and i didn't know what i was supposed to be doing you were supposed to be somehow kneeling but with your bum on blocks, so raised up a bit with a bolster behind you. And I think the idea was to sort of bend back so that you were lying on the bolster, ha-ha, um, like a sort of U-turn of the body. Uh, but I couldn't quite work out what I was supposed to be doing because she wasn't doing it. And then I suddenly realised to my horror, she was looming up to the camera to check on everybody, her camera. And I was just sort of basically kneeling, not knowing what to do. And I just thought don't say anything don't say anything and of course she said something uh, and mentioned i was obviously having trouble with my knees from the position i was in and that was a really good thing to just stay where i can manage well i've got absolutely nothing wrong with my knees um i just didn't know what i was doing so of course everyone else on the call is now going to think i've got arthritic knees i haven't um and then i had one of those awkward moments at the end where you sort of wave goodbye uh, and disappear except this woman asked a question and I was bursting with a little desperate to go and it was a really long answer question and added to that there's there was there were six camera windows up altogether one of them was this bloke who never gets out of the shavasana the lying down resting pose at the end which is fair enough he's in his own home do what he wants he stays in it but um as he's in it what that means is if the soles of his feet are pressed up against his camera so you all you see is his two, two bottoms of feet so she's it's really disconcerting to be honest and then she's going into this really long answer and i'm bursting for the toilet and it just went on and on and it's that dilemma i know it shouldn't be a dilemma but it is a dilemma in my head do i just back out quickly which just seems really rude don't have my camera off or do i butt in and say i've got to go and then 
you know, interrupt the flow of the conversation. And it's just, I don't know why I get so worked up about these things. Anyway, she did read, she didn't read a poem, which is very good. She actually wrote a very nice, well, it's not nice, but it was a very, I found it quite a meaningful quote by the, um, I don't, uh, Victor Frankl, he was a psychiatrist, but I, or a psychotherapist, psychotherapist. Um, never sure whether he trained before or after his war experience, but he ended up in uh, a Nazi concentration camp and he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, which is a very short, small book, which I'm ashamed to say I've never read. Um, and the quote she read was, and I'm looking this up because the first time I did this, I just made it up and it was complete rubbish. The quote was, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I thought that was a really nice thing to write. And one thing I've done in yoga is I've sort of slowed down a lot. I was always rushing from sort of position to position. And I had a private lesson with another yoga teacher and he really, really slowed me down. And I think it's that physical mental thing of when we react or when we react to, to maybe something somebody said to us me i tend to try and snap back and i suppose what he's saying there is our power the strength we have is not in the snapping back it's in that silence when we contain our thoughts take a breath or whatever and then reply and it's that that breaks uh, so any sort of bond you might have been locked into with somebody aggressive or difficult or what have you. And it was just, I mean, I haven't thought this through properly and I am wishing on a bit, but it, it just, it did stay with me when she read it. So that was all good. Uh, I was also listening, I'm gonna get all this wrong. I was listening to Susie Orbach, the psychotherapist talking on Point of View on Sunday morning. And she was saying, um, she was talking about lockdown having the effect of the country now uh, of what she calls social depression, so that we are, all feeling uh, various levels of depression but as a group because we're caused by the fact that we can't be with each other that we have no human contact we have no one-to-one -one, uh physical contact other than on computer screens which of course are ridiculous uh, or you have or very limited contact um and she likened it she wasn't comparing it to in any way i do want to stress that but she she said there are elements of this that you find in an abusive relationship where the, the, the person being abused is partially feeling desperation to flee, to escape the situation they're in, and but also partly, and this is what holds them, partly feeling that they deserve the, the, the abuse, the punishment as, as they feel that they're getting, and that's what they get caught between and can't leave the relationship. Um, and why you should never ever say people are stupid or, um, you know, they can just get out of these these situations. It's so complex. And she was saying, she was comparing this to what she was calling social depression. And I suddenly, I was a bit annoyed initially because I wasn't in the mood for a misery essay on Sunday morning when I'm never feeling particularly jolly. But I was thinking about it afterwards and I thought, I'm actually feeling a, a sort of push me, pull me in the sense that I want to get out. I want to get back to people. Um I don't want to get back to crowds and I don't want to get back to crowded tubes, it has to be said, but I do want to go and just sit and talk to my friends uh, and be with them. Um, but there's another part of me that's terrified of that, that is so sort of got used to lockdown now that this is my safe space, you know, that I 
don't have any responsibilities even you know the irony of the fact I lost my job and that's dreadful but I don't have a job so uh, I, I've sort of I haven't got any responsibilities like that which is actually quite a safe thing and I'm and I'm getting too used to feeling that I'm getting so used to feeling that now that I'm sort of scared to go back to it um, child skipping along with a dog so uh, yeah that was quite I was pondering on, on that a bit anyway I'm getting more very serious but um, I think people are and I've said this before and everybody's saying it people are really struggling at the moment in various degrees so um, it was half term last week so I didn't have any tutoring to do which was quite nice it was a bit of a break um, oh there was one teacher on the radio saying that when they're teaching to their class online the majority of the students don't turn their mics on and don't turn their cameras on I thought, oh, these are teenagers, secondary school. I thought, oh, can you imagine doing that? Be absolutely awful. Um, oh, jogger. You don't see many people jogging past. Um, anyway, uh, so yes, the, the excitement of the week was well. Well, we all know I may or may not have made some mistakes on uh, Darren's. Um, uh, so-called valentine's virus vaccine whatever it was last sunday uh if you don't know what i'm talking about refer to last mr burt's pods um i was absolutely right he you know he's not let it drop and i had recording the latest nothing to see here podcast that is an hour and a half of him absolutely slaughtering me uh over that mistake those mistakes there was one major mistake and it was at the end of the show uh and there was a couple of minor ones that didn't um oh, it's actually got quite active along here. If those two women walking slowly, they'll just ground to a halt. Oh, and another dog, oh that's the neighbour. Um Oh bless the dog's so old, she's so lovely. Um so um I saw a dog collapse the other day. It was it was absolutely heartbreaking. I was walking uh to the shops or back I oh, know I was walking back from the shops because I had two heavy bags of shopping from the supermarket and this man was coming towards me with this it wasn't a retriever but it looked sort of like a retriever it was a labrador cross with something it was a big dog and it just suddenly just its legs gave way and and the poor thing just collapsed onto the ground and i think it was just old or something because the man just sort of seemed to take it in his stride and the dog seemed to take it in his stride and i couldn't help because i had all this flipping shopping but he just lifted him up and they just set off again quite slowly so i don't think it was a big crisis i think that was just um it was just really sad um so i don't know where i am yeah so uh what's that about darren yeah well anyway he launched this attack so i'm trying to edit that at the moment and um somehow managed to rope him we did this thing called i can't remember what it was called there's a theater company called les enfants terribles who do a immersive theater and i know people want to run a mile when they hit the words immersive in theater but they actually do them very well and i've done a couple in person and really enjoyed them um one was a sherlock holmes thing they did at uh madame two swords where you just basically went from room to room amazing recreated rooms and in fact i was on a train at one point a victorian train carriage with sort of a film going by as if you were going through the countryside um uh i was quizzing one of the suspects who i ended up accusing and upset her a lot because actually she wasn't the guilty one um and then i did an alice in wonderland one which was in, in the vaults which are sort of the caverns and tunnels underneath waterloo station that was a brilliant uh, anyway, they did, they're doing an online thing, and I can't remember what it's called, but if you're interested, look up Les Enfants Terribles, 
and Sherlock Holmes I'll find it um, so we got a private little group of six of us uh, and I had to ask Darren as one of the six because uh, one of us doesn't have a mic they know who they are they're listening to this uh, so I had to have Darren in and it was actually quite good fun you were interacting with one live <clears throat> actor who was playing Dr Watson <clears throat> and um, and uh, then you sort of went into virtual rooms and you clicked on things and got clues and then you could question suspects and uh, you questioned that uh, we split into two groups one went off to Scotland Yard and one went off to the forensics um, and uh, it was all quite it was all it was quite similar to how they do it they did they split you off into groups in their um, the ones I've done in real life um, anyway we, we got it wrong and we were made to feel dreadful that we accused the wrong person and then Darren sent a really lovely message afterwards saying he really enjoyed hanging out without all of us which I thought was a really nice thing to write so you can just flip him or sit on his own as far as I'm concerned I'm not going to ask him to do anything else um, he's such a miserable git and um, oh, it's a very noisy child so um, yes yeah, so that was a little recreation of my last but one birthday my last pre-pandemic birthday it was seven of us and uh, we went to the much missed and I'm still mourning the loss of the age club lunch which is lovely and I'm not quite sure how Darren managed to worm his way into my inner circle of friends but he's got that sort of single white female thing about him where he's obviously got no identity and he just latches on and sucks the energy and life and soul out of people which he seems to be doing to me anyway um so that was that that was all quite good fun and then um oh I had quite an exciting morning actually because I went down a wormy rabbit hole on the internet and ended up I knew my aunt had written some short stories for uh, Listen With Mother, which for those of you who are not old enough to remember it, was a Radio 4 programme for children at lunchtime, uh, which always had a little story. It was for under fives, basically. And my mum used to put it on for me. It was always after The Archers. Uh, there's a reference there to the fact I listened to The Archers as a child, which some of you may pick up. And um, I knew my aunt had written some stories. But anyway, I, I threw a series of rabbit hole things I came across a part of the BBC website which is an archive of Radio Times listings and I found the very um, listen with mother episode that said uh, gave the name of the story I think one was called Rag and Bones by Mrs E.M. Waterhouse who was my aunt and then I went down a few there weren't many there were only three or four but I did come to one that was called uh, a surprise for Stephen so and that sadly was written and broadcast when Radio 4 was still called the Home Service. It wasn't even Radio 4. I think it was on the cusp of becoming Radio 4. So, uh, no, that was lovely. That was that was really nice. I think my cousin might actually have the... Her son might have the... Um, uh, this is my aunt, who I uh, have a Christmas cake tin from, which is very precious to me, and which Darren is constantly rude about, is that aunt. Um... Yeah, I think my cousin might have the actual um, script. He did mention it, I think, at her funeral, but I didn't get any further with it on that one. Um, television, watch. Uh, we've done Bridgerton, finished Spy, which was very good. They're very depressing, but it is very good. Uh, we started some little shorty thing called, or short episode thing, or the seven series called New Girl, which is Zoe or Zoe. Deschanel, whose face I know and name I know, but I can't think of anything she did. 
Yeah, but she's very quirky and funny, and she, the setup is she's basically moved into a house share with three other men who were all um, pretty uh, unmacho men, uh, and they all grow to love each other. And it's actually very sweet and nice. I actually really like it. Um, and still raving on about Mr. Kim and Kim's convenience, which is just complete delight and very, very funny. If you don't want, if you really want to laugh, I do, do recommend Kim's convenience. And we started watching all on Netflix and we've also started watching the Eddie, which is Jack Thorne's written series about a nightclub, a jazz nightclub or jazz club even in Paris, which is struggling. Um, beautifully done, directed by Damien Chazelle, who did um, one of my favourite ever films, uh, La La Land. I know a lot of people don't like La La Land. I love La La Land so much. And uh, towards the end of his life, I gave Dad the... Well, I gave him the video because he loves musicals, absolutely loved musicals. He grew up with them. Um, I gave him the DVD, but he never watched it. But I also gave him the soundtrack, and he used to go to sleep sitting... Oh, long story, but he didn't sleep in a bed. He slept in a chair, and he just used to go off listening to uh, the soundtrack of La La Land and he really loved it um, and I'm actually playing uh, this lovely the music from La La Land is very very sophisticated um, and there are piano versions of it and I'm playing some of that now at the moment so it's a nice memory of my dad anyway Damien Chazelle who directed that also directed the Eddie it's use of music and jazz is just beautiful he's, he's done the same sort of thing as La La Land he's made it into a musical but it's not a musical uh, and it's quite gritty. It's not jolly. It's not a romantic comedy. Uh, and it's got a bit of a shocker at the end of the first episode, which threw me completely. Um, so, no, I really like that. Uh, anyway, time's up. There's a car coming around the corner just to for the grand finale. Mini. Uh, I hope everybody is trotting on as well as they can be in the circumstances. And I will see you all. Uh, oh, uh, shout out for an Australian birthday. Big shout out for an Australian birthday, which I forgot. Uh, I didn't forget, actually remembered, and then I probably forgot to send a WhatsApp. Uh, happy birthday. So uh, very special Mr. Bert Potts uh, belated happy birthday shout out. Thank you for listening. <laughs>